Turkington takes charge in the title fight while his title rivals stutter at Snetterton. Norfolk then, our local circuit, and Snetterton did not. Well, actually, it did disappoint a little bit. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Um, the first. Start the negative. The, the, the first two races were not quite what we were expecting. Um, and people were extremely cautious, which we'll get onto a little bit later. It, it it fired up a little towards the end of the day. Yeah, it's been the most processional weekend so far, I think, hasn't it? With not a great deal of overtaking. No, not overly that much action either. Um, I mean, there's not many places you can overtake us there tonight, but really, that's the part of the. I know they've <laughs> added the new section in to try and alleviate that, but there's not a lot of natural overtaking spots. Yeah, surprising really, being the longest track on the calendar, um, but. Clocks have gone back. We were running into the dusk this evening, weren't we? Um, yes, we are recording this on a Sunday night. I know yeah. it might fool some of you, um, but yeah, it was it was a decent weekend of racing, and it's it it's, was a good name's quite turkey. <laughs> it's set up a nice title fight going into the final weekend, doesn't it? It has, although as I suspected on the preview part, we've left in my eyes only two people, two candidates. We've gone from mm. four to two in my eyes. I know you still think that there's potentially four there. But I think realistically it's one of two now. But we'll get into that. I was going to say, it's not over till it's over. Um, on Saturday, we started with a brand new qualifying setup and that you heard a bit about in the preview pod for this weekend. And that was entertaining, wasn't it? Yeah, really good, really different. Um, you know, qualifying is what it is. It's not the most exciting thing because it's not mm. racing as such. Yeah. But it does get tense. Who's going to get through to that mm. top 10 shootout? Uh, I know we're going to get into it in detail, but it's a couple of drivers that got there right at the last minute. Yeah. And the top ten, the only thing, only criticism I'd have is I don't think ten minutes in the second session was long enough. I might have gone fifteen. Yeah. I Twelve just, or fifteen. Yeah. It just seemed by the time you got the warm up lap done, and because it was cold, it was so yeah mm. we were in October. By the time you got effectively two warm up laps done, possibly even three. Yeah. You only really had one or two laps to set a good time. I I was quite interested by the short amount of time between the two sessions. Mm. Um, so as I said we'll get into it but I think it makes a tyre strategy interesting in that that scenario and it could make it even more interesting if we look into this going into next season whether we have it with the option and the prime tyre yeah but I'd definitely keep this format for every uh, event I don't see why you would drop it it works well all you do is lose one free practice session okay fine but I mean most of the drivers are fairly well versed in the tour class do you need two sessions I don't think you necessarily do they're fairly short sessions as well because they're both half an hour sessions aren't they for free practice and of course we had the extended one of 50 minutes Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think we still saw the majority of the drivers we thought we would at the top of the free practice standings yeah exactly You know, and in qualifying as well we <coughs> wasn't too many surprised in the top 10 or so. No. so but I do like the format I think it will create excitement throughout the season there will be Occasions where a top driver misses out on the top ten shootout, oh, yeah, definitely by rule of definition. So yeah. certainly one to keep, but maybe extend it to be twelve or fifteen minutes, particularly as you get into the cold parts <coughs> of the season. You need those extra warm up laps. Yeah, well, I think we should get straight into it and have a look at what happened in qualifying. Qualifying report. 
Well, on the Saturday then, um, we had the 25-minute first qualifying session. Um, and as that got underway, the skies were very grey and gloomy. And the track temperatures were actually down in about single figures, um, which was really quite evident as we saw the cars go out to the track. And normally we'd see, obviously, the rear-wheel drives go out there, get a decent amount of heat into those rear tyres and go for a flying lap pretty much on, on the first time round. Um, and we normally expect front-wheel drive uh, cars come in, swap them diagonally across the car, the tyres, and then go back out. But a lot of front-wheel drive cars carried on trying to keep the tyres warm. Yeah, it was almost too much of a risk for them to come in and mm -hmm. risk whilst in the pit lane having the tyres lose the heat. Uh, you're not allowed to use any form of heating in the touring car, so in Formula 1 you'll see those um, tyre covers that insulate yep. the tyres. Any kind of tyre warming in the touring cars is banned other than the drivers warm them up on the track of course. Um, so I, I think they were just looking at it, I think it's not worth the risk coming in, losing the temperature we've got as we sit stationary. It's a long time to change a tyre in the touring cars mm. when you look at, compare it to Formula 1, you're looking at a good couple of minutes a tyre. Yep. You've got five locking bolts to take out. Um, so yeah, they, they just they stuck with it. And it was odd because Turkish seemed to get the heat in his tyres relatively quickly for a rear-wheel drive car, whereas Sutton really was struggling. Yeah, so the, the first sort of like quick lap times that went on the board were still about three or four seconds off what we saw at the final or at the back end of um, free practice. Um, however, one of those drivers did not manage to set a time. Um, Nick Hamilton, on his outlap, uh, slowed about halfway around the lap and managed to roll the car back around to the pits, um, but that curtailed his session completely. Um, obviously not a driver that we thought would be getting through to the top 10 shootout, but he would like as more as much running as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, however, uh, as we said, drivers in the rear-wheel drive cars were setting their lap times first, um, and Oliphant was the first driver of the day. He gets a, gets a little prize for um, having track time deleted for track limits, um, something which quite a few drivers would um, get into trouble for this weekend. I know. At least with Snetterton being an MSV track, you have these pressure pads, and it's a it's a shut and close case to whether you have or not. Yeah. Do you really gain an advantage? I mean, I mean. Yeah, you could do. You could do, but do you really gain a, a an obvious advantage? And if everyone can do it, does it matter? I don't know. I, I just look at it and think. Well, you can over officiate sometimes. If you, think. if you take it back to cops at Silverstone, then yes. Yeah, but everyone, Completely. You know, everyone got the chance to do it, and you might then mess it up in terms of the tyre barrier. I don't know. The, 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 the part of me that wants fast, hard action thinks, you know, if everyone can do it and everyone can get this so called advantage, does it really matter? I just. I worry sometimes the touring cars that they over officiate, and we end up with, you know, some things go punished, some things don't. It seems mm. bizarre that you sometimes see something on the television that looks like someone's barged somebody off the track, no punishment whatsoever, yet someone loses their lap time for running slightly wide. For a corner on qualifying, I don't know. I, I just think that you can sometimes overfitiate, and this is to me an example of where, particularly in qualifying, maybe in the race, okay, because you can actually make positions up in the race. Mm. Um, maybe there I can understand it. In qualifying, I don't know. Anything goes, I think. Anything goes. Why not? Okay. Yeah. You get more frequent results. Bobby Thompson was leading at Old Park for a uh, short time. Short time. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 Why not? Um, meanwhile, both motor-based cars, uh, as in Butcher and Jackson, were ramping up the pace, and they were looking very quick early on, 
and they looked very quick all weekend. Um, quick all season, to be fair. Yeah. Minus the yeah, odd yeah. off day here or there, but I don't know what it is about that car. I don't know why is it so quick. I don't know. It, it, it is much flatter than the RS that they had last season. Um, I think that helps. And the RS last season went quite well at Snet. Um, so it's not too much of a surprise to see how rapid they were. But it's hard to see if there's a weak spot in the car. Hmm. They seem to be very quick in a straight line as well. And I'm wondering if that's because they have the mount tune engines over the Swindon Toker package yeah, ones. Yeah, possibly so. I suppose the only weakness is braking on the driver behind the wheel. But we'll yeah, yeah. Come to <laughs> um, Morgan was the next driver to fall foul of track limits. Um, and it wouldn't be his only indiscretion of the session, uh, which dropped him down to 20th from a decent time up in 7th at that point. Uh, getting through, halfway through the session... Um, Turkington was quickest from Hill, who was quickest in practice, uh, and from Camish, uh, while Jelly was the driver at risk in 10th place. Now, having this this top 10 go through to a, a separate shootout, it was there was real emphasis on making sure you had consistent lap times if you were to get one deleted, yep. and making sure you were out there at the right time to get the lap time in when you needed it. Um, Morgan would go on to fix his earlier mishap by going quickest with 10 minutes uh, left in the session. Um, but as mentioned earlier, Butcher was very competitive and was setting these con- consecutive quick times, yeah. uh, making sure that he was securely into the top 10. Um, Sutton, Sutton was having a Sutton qualifying session, wasn't he? I think Sutton's not had his bad weekend yet. No. And this is his bad weekend, and he's still done pretty well. Yeah. We'll come on to obviously the rest of the weekend, but just didn't get the car hooked up at all this weekend, did he? No, it didn't. It didn't look right on the edge like yeah. we normally see it. Um, and he well, was, not in his hands anyway. No, we. He was really struggling for pace in qualifying. He was down in about like twenty second at one point, and then he set a quick time, and he had that deleted of track limits, and it was just a repetitive process that he pushes too hard and can't seem to string consistent laps together like Butcher as we just mentioned oh man um, teammate Moffat though was looking quick yeah. wasn't he um, in a track that he debuted, debuted this car last season and I think that showed um, that he, he was able to get straight on the pace and be up there challenging inside the top 10 which is something that we haven't seen him do since Knock Hill no, not 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 particularly. No, you're right. And he was quicker than Sutton for most of the session. Yes, yeah, he was. Uh, Sutton's first representative time only put him up to eleventh. Um, as I said, he went on to lose that time, uh, but the following lap he jumped back up to ninth. Yeah. Um, but still, right on that cusp of missing out, which a lot of drivers were at one point. <laughs> which is why I think we need to keep the format because yeah, you will get high level casualties. Yeah. yeah. It was nail biting for Ash at points and of course he'd have been potentially outside the top 10 with full ballast and that could be very different weekends so yeah I I certainly think this is a format that we need to keep Uh, going into the final few minutes of the first part of qualifying Cook finally set time he'd been struggling to set any sort of time um, for the rest of the session Uh, but that put him up to 8th followed by Moffat going even quicker and taking the car up to 5th which would keep him into that top 10 for for the shootout yeah his best qualifying result to date. Yeah. A shame for him. He would then have to obviously 
contest that Try and do again. it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oliphant went on to lose another time, which dropped him outside the top ten. Uh, he was previously just inside, while Proctor then went on to set a time to push him inside the top ten. And it just seemed like it was a deck of cards in that mid- midfield, wasn't it? Yeah. Just constantly shuffling around. Um, as the flag dropped, though, and drivers were setting their final times, Sutton jumped up to third, with Oliphant also improving, to eventually knock out Proctor. And I think Proctor was really unlucky in this situation. Yeah, he was. I think he was one of the last drivers to or one of the first drivers to cross the line once the flag had dropped, whereas other drivers were still improving on their final lap. And it was just that case of poor, possibly poor timing um, and not being on the optimum strategy, as it were. Yeah. Uh, so the drivers who were lucky enough to get into the final shootout included Turkington, Camish, Moffat, Ingram, uh, Jackson, looking quick in that car, yeah. as we said, uh, Butcher as well, Hill carried on his form from free practice, Morgan, who I thought was going to struggle this weekend, and he's had a pretty good one, but we'll get on to that. Uh, And then Oliphant and Sutton, who I mentioned. Now, going into the top ten shootout, as we said earlier, they switched switched the cars around really quickly, um, and this is where a little bit of tyre strategy came in. One interesting thing was that they, um, however, to jump in there, is that they did the ride height test, etc., on all the ten cars Mm -hmm. that are into the top, because normally you only see top three, um, but they actually did the tests on all 10 cars, so they got that done pretty quick, to be fair to them. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, going into the top 10 shootout, I think that Ingram may have kept his front tyres from the previous session, stuck them on the rear, and set, put a new set of front tyres on. Possibly, he was quick. Because on his first flying lap, it was three and a half seconds quicker than anyone else. Who I assume have all put a set of a new set of four on. Yeah, whereas he's sort of got temp or some form of temp in the tyres. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, and we just thought, has he done this perfectly right out of the blocks? First lap time on the board. Is the are these the best conditions for it? Um, however, it wasn't. Uh, Sutton set a time that put him third, which got removed. Uh, I mean, story of Sutton in qualifying, really, isn't it? That dropped him back down to sixth. And unfortunately, Morgan, who then went third, lost his fastest time, yeah. and he wasn't able to set one quicker. Uh, so he ended up starting from 10th. Uh, the times just kept coming thick and fast. It was like Ingram followed by Hill, just Hill was, boosting up. He was to, on pole at one point and looked very yeah. strong, and my prediction was looking good. Yeah, uh, until the final... Well, one of the final cars to cross the line was Turkington, yeah. who went nearly two tenths quicker than anyone monster, else, monster lap, monster which lap, is an awesome lap. Um, the thing that I think stood out for me most in in this session wasn't—I mean, it was a great lap by Colin, obviously—but how much the FKH struggled, both in the original mm. qualifying. Uh, of course, only Dan Cambridge made it through to the top ten. He wasn't on the pace. This is the person no. that has qualified really well all season. Yeah. Never really looked like getting pole, did he, in the top no. ten shootout? So. The car looked to really struggle around Snetterton all weekend in I'm, anyone's hands. I'm wondering if it's struggling in the cold because he looked poor, or I say poor, by his standard, he struggled at Croft mm. where it was cold. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder maybe is it as similar to the BMW? It doesn't do the cold weather that well. Wet weather <laughs> is a different story because mm. you completely different setup, yeah. wet setup. But I'm thinking, does that dry race setup work when it's cold? I'm not. 
I'm starting to wonder if it does. Well, we, we all thought that the BMW doesn't really work in the cold until this weekend came along. True, um, true. Turkington seems to have tipped that on his head. So we'll see how it goes when they uh, get to Brands and whether it will be wet or not. Uh, but just to clarify, the top 10 starting grid would be Turkington from Hill from Ingram, Butcher up there in fourth, followed by Camish, uh, probably the best that he could have dragged out of that car in that session. Yeah. Sutton probably should have been above him, but he lost his quickest time, was there in sixth, Oliphant in seventh, Jackson in eighth, Moffat in ninth, and as we said, Morgan had his fastest time taken away, he was down in tenth. Um, so it would be interesting, that rear-wheel drive... Uh, power off the front of the grid for Turkington for race one yep. um, and to see how Sutton what his start would be like as well but yeah we'll get on to race one now race one well, after the thrill packed qualifying session uh, it was up to the race one uh, guys to try and make it equally as thrilling um, and Colin would have to do everything he could do to stay in the championship fight but give himself the best chance to do so as we discussed in the uh, qualifying report there he would have Tom Ingram starting very close by, a man who's had excellent starts all season, uh, and Jake Hill, who his consistency has really picked up in the second half of the season, hasn't it? Really yeah, it certainly up. has. Now he's got an engine that's not blowing up all the time. <laughs> I, I'm fascinated to see where he'd be in the ti- in the title. I'm not saying he'd be in the title hunt, but where mm. he'd be in the standings if he hadn't had basically three weekends of write off. Because yeah. you look at his, uh, you look at the Wingfoot Award, he's very high up there. He qualifies very well. Yeah. So if he had there's, there's decent one lap pace in that car, and we know that that car had a lot of pace last year because of how it pushed Rory forward. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's difficult to say, but I I agree. I think he should be much higher in the standings yeah. if the car hadn't let him down. So I'd be interested to see next year how he gets on. I presume, of course, he stays at the team and they keep the car. Yeah. Anyway, as lights went out, it was the BMW who made the best start off the line. Ingram uh, took Hill off the line too. Uh, Butcher bogged down and was very, very slow, uh, which allowed Sutton to get through. Sutton were going to get tapped after after turning the first corner. Uh, Jackson Oliphant caught up. It wasn't particularly clear who tapped who during this, was it? It, it looks as if Moffat got into Oliphant. Yeah. But it so also looks from another angle that Oliphant's tried to get down the side of Sutton and Sutton's not cut him off but turned across mm. and, and sent Oliphant that way. Yeah, so it, it came out after the race that uh, Moffitt had a sticking throttle yeah. um, in the early moments of that race, and it seems that he got into the back of Oliphant. Uh, Jackson was on the outside of both of them and had nowhere else to go, um, and Sutton had a, a little wiggle at the rear, didn't he, going through turn one? Yeah, but he held it, um, unlike Jackson and Oliphant, that effectively ended both of their races yeah. in terms of what they could do from a competitive point of view. Yeah. Uh, out front, Ingram tried it on with Colin. Uh, knew he was going to have to try and get the job done early because Ingram has shown, particularly at Thruxton and Silverstone, his car is mega for the opening few laps and drops off a little bit towards the end. Yeah, and of course, Turkington really struggles to get those front tyres warmed up in the opening laps. Takes him a good lap, lap and a half, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Colin put his elbows out and forced him wide, which allowed Hill to try and pounce back through. Uh, but Ingram did very well to, to stand his ground and uh, held on to second place before looking to hunt down the BMW. Uh, as I mentioned, Butcher, Morgan, Sutton started to battle each other. Uh, Ash dropped down to seventh during this uh, coming together. All fairly clean, just usual mid top ten battle pack swapping, really. Yeah. No, no made moves, no major issues. Uh, as you mentioned, Moffat had a problem. It was a sticking clutch. He was very slow because of it before bailing to the pit lane. A shame after his excellent a, qualifying performance. A great shame as well because 
when he obviously went in, he actually managed to get back out. Um, the car still looked like it had good pace in yeah. it, and it had pace that would probably had him inside the top ten all weekend. Quite easily, yeah. easily so, easily. Um, this race didn't have a great deal of action or overtaking. In one of the highlights was Cook getting past Smiley in a fairly good and clinical move. Smiley left a little bit of space down the inside. Cook swept through. Yeah. Nothing spectacular, but in terms of this race, it was. Yeah, not really. Um, I, I feel Smiley is slightly vulnerable to being overtaken. Um, uh, you say that, but we'll come on to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on who, depends who he's being overtaken by, I think. It does very much depend who he's being overtaken by. Yeah. We'll save that. Yeah. Um, back out front, Butcher cut the gap to Camish. Camish slow, wasn't he, all weekend again, and... Even in this race, I know he's got the higher ballast, but just the, the car looked a bit underpowered. It did for all FK8s. Yeah, they did. Because Neil didn't even get anywhere near the top ten shootout, no. um, and he failed to make great progress in race one. No, a track that he goes well at normally. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, but you say also, you know, Cook, kind of Cook and Camish were the guys to go against the grain in that way yeah. because Chilton was also struggling. I mean, he made no impression on this weekend yeah. whatsoever. Um, but yeah, Camish was slow and Butcher was able to get through in a, with a smooth and clean move. Perhaps one of the only clean moves he managed to make all weekend, but I'm sure we'll come to that. Uh, Ash very quickly closed up onto the rear of the Honda, who clearly struggling. Um, the only sort of interesting thing in the race was something that didn't happen. I, I said to you, Hill was clearly quicker than Ingram. Yeah. And Ingram was holding him up, as he's entitled to do. Mm. Would Ingram have been better to let Hill through and attack Colin for the lead? Because... I don't want to say Hill's a bit of an unknown entity, mm. but Hill's got nothing to lose. Nope. And if he was to, even if he was to just to slow down Colin by the fact that he started fighting him and Ingram could then pick up the pieces, because Ingram had lost Colin at this point. Colin yeah, got yeah, yeah. checked out. Yeah. And by keeping Hill behind him, all he was doing was letting Colin get up the road. And I just wonder, I know Ingram needs the points, I know that a second is better than a third, but from a tactical point of view, would he perhaps have been better to let Hill through? Because uh, at this point as well, Butcher wasn't anywhere near Ingram. He had no, time to. No, there was, to, to there was let Hill a decent through. gap, wasn't there? I th I think Hill is very much at the moment racing his own races, yeah. and he he's in the position to be able to do that. And Ingram has got to go for everything and defend everything because he is the furthest back in that title fight. Yes, Turkinson's out in front, and sometimes you just. You may have to accept dropping those, what, two, three, four points, depending if he gets fastest lap and stuff, in that race, to then possibly gain them back in the next race by being slightly lighter than him and so on. So making that decision on track at that time is very difficult. I agree it's difficult, but then we saw the problem where Hill got a little bit impatient being stuck behind Ingram, then would make a move mm. later on, where the move is 50-50 whether it's on or not. Yeah. Tries to go down the inside... The door closes quickly. Arguable Ingram closed the door too late and perhaps shouldn't. It's, it's arguable. Mm. Hill afterwards would say he, should, he wished he kept... Because he would let Ingram back through yeah. uh, after putting Ingram into a slight slide. Uh, Hill would say in the build-up of the second race he wished he'd held, held on to position and fought it out in the stewards' bus because perhaps it wasn't as cut and dry as you think. Mm. Is that, that's the risk when you hold somebody up for that long that they're going to get fed up and they're going to la launch a move at some point. Yes, it is. Um, one thing that I don't think helped the hill move on Ingram into Montreal or Wilson, we've been fighting over that all day, um, is that the inside of the track there was actually still wet. Yeah. Um, and so going that far 
right on the track and then braking he, he was said that he'd locked up and went into the side of Ingram and put him into that half spin and yeah it, it slowed both of them right up into the clutches of Butcher the gap was there for Hill though yes the gap was there yeah. I, I don't blame him for going for the gap at not all. at all um, and fair play for giving the place back although uh, the more I watch it the more I think he might have got away with it you know if he held on to seconds yeah I, I think that's him looking looking back retrospectively for the instant that he had with Matt Neal back at Alton Park last season but that was cut and dry yeah whereas I yeah, don't yeah. think that is and Jason Plater doesn't think it is either Jason <laughs> Plater is very much team Hill on all this um, just in case anybody was wondering what JP's up to ironic really as he used to coach Ingram isn't it <laughs> Do you know what, as I say, I mean, we're obviously both Ingram fans, but I say the more I look at it, the more I think he'll probably would have got away with it. Yes. If some of the other incidents that happen later on in the day, yeah. people still get away with them, yeah. then yes. But fair play to Jake, made a decision on the track, gave it back, saved a lot of silly bother later on. Yeah. Um, as Tom was saying, there's no hard feelings between the pair of them. He also gave it back really quickly, really, yeah. really quickly, which means that he had the rest of the race to then possibly try another move somewhere else. I still think part part of me still thinks though that you know if you are going to be that slower and Hill was setting faster laps than you, yeah. there's a logic in letting him through rather than holding him up because I mean, there's nobody to fight Hill behind. Butcher was nowhere at this point. No. All you're going to have is Hill on your back for yeah. you know, lap after lap after lap after lap. And you're just losing the front lap. Yeah, you you saw it um, quite a few times throughout the weekend that Sutton was gesticulating with Butcher at points uh, say, race, yeah. saying we need to go forward, we need to attack or push forward rather than having Butcher defend and slowing them both down Yeah, absolutely so, because yeah. it's just not helping anybody as I say it's always difficult for a racer to give up a place but I think that in the bigger picture if he lets Hill go early and Hill then perhaps you launches that move on Turkington Hmm. It, and then Ingram will profit from that. It's, yeah. it, it, I don't know. It's very diff- It's very easy in hindsight. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Camish, as we mentioned, was struggling. Ash made a strong and fair pass, which Camish did contest. Camish, every time somebody tried to pass him this weekend, the elbows went firmly out. Um, yeah, there was there was quite a bit of door banging this weekend. There was, but what will concern Honda is that Ash just passed him on the straight. Just drove past him on the straight. They, they, you know, they, they're argy bargy going through the, the complex. Yeah. And then on the straight, Ash just drove fast. Did. Which really the, the, is a problem. The traction on that car is ridiculous. Well, there is, but you know, a, a heavier car, mm. it shouldn't be able to pass. A little, little no. heavier. Only six kilos in it. It still should pass. Just drive past you on the straight. No, but... Anyway. Honda um, looks, the Honda looks low this weekend. I'm not sure what else I can say about it. That was pretty much it. I mean, I mean at the rear of the field, Jess Hawkins was racing hard, kept Ollie Jackson honest for a couple of laps. Um, yep. Wouldn't let him pass, despite Tim Harvey's claims that she should just get out of the way. Which, and then she did. And then she did. <laughs> that was impressive, actually. You know, Ollie Jackson's clearly a, a much more experienced racer in the British Touring Cars, and she did very well to keep him behind. Uh, she looked at very home in the field. Crease did well, uh, taking up seven places in a car that we've said to struggle in the FK8. Quietly did a good mm, job. He and did. He had a rotten run of luck recently where he's made oh. those moves, got seven places, and then dropped back down the field of an issue of some sort, or overdriven, yeah. or got involved in a silly incident. So, yeah. fair play to Creasy. Of course, with no Bobby Thompson this weekend. Great chance in the Jack Sears. Fantastic chance for him. Um, it's a real shame to see Bobby miss out. And if he does miss out on that Jack Sears trophy, he will look back at this and go, oh, no, that's the weekend where I lost it uh, I because know. I wasn't able to be there. I don't think the Audi, I don't think it done much this weekend anyway in the Audi. No? No, the Audi struggled all weekend. I know it was two new drivers, but they struggled all weekend. Yeah. Um, 
I said the rest of the race passed without much incident. Snetterton is either action packed every corner or it's a little slow. Yeah. Um, Colin won this one comfortably from Ingram and Hill head on to third for another podium. He's racking them up now, isn't he? He is. Um, the, the only thing, if I were in that team, that would be concerning is that he doesn't he doesn't convert to race wins that often. That's four podiums, though. Yeah. That's pretty impressive going, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's it. He's building on that now. and Yeah, he's not necessarily converting, but it's difficult to convert and you've got... He's been beaten by. And you yeah, can, yeah, completely you, understand. You understand that. He's not yeah. being beaten by... With respect, a Chris Smiley, yeah. an Aidan Moffat. He's been beaten by a four times, potentially soon to be five times champion. Ingram's no slouch. And previous champions Kamish, like Sutton. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sutton, etc. He's not losing to people you would expect him to. No. Uh, I'll give you a full rundown then of the top 15 uh, for race number one. Let's say Turkton, Ingram and Hill are your podium places. Butcher, Sutton, Camish, Morgan, Cook and Proctor. With Crease, Smiley, Jelly, Neil, Oliphant, and Bordley. Oliphant battled back uh, to try and get some points, but didn't really carve his way through the field. And as you said, Matt Neil really, really struggled. We we're expecting to go forward, weren't we? He just didn't go forward all weekend. Yeah, you you said that he likes it here, and he's obviously won that Diamond Jubilee race, yeah. didn't he? Um, but yeah, Carl wasn't at the races this weekend. No. Race two. Moving on to race number two then, we're crossing our fingers, toes, and if we cross for a little bit more action, how did this one play out, Sam? Well, uh, the sun had been out most of the day, people will be pleased to know, um, and the track conditions, they warmed up a little, um, so I think we would see less drivers struggling with cold tyres and warm up at the start of the race. Uh, before the lights even went out, there was trouble for Stephen Jelly, uh, wouldn't be a BTC weekend without some sort of trouble for him. And he was in the pits and would start from the back of the grid. We're unsure as to why, though. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything from a mechanical problem to just missing the the boards. You know, yeah. it, it, when it when you start from the pit lane but get back out, you know, it's always difficult to know what the problem is until the driver comes out and and briefs you. Um, but as the lights went out, um, Hill had a shocking start. He almost stood still on that start line, didn't he? He does the weight doesn't work with that car. No, it doesn't. Um, and that doesn't excuse the, the whole thing about the start, but the weight just does not work with that car. So starting from third on the grid, he was swamped by the drivers around him, dropping him down to seventh. Uh, Butcher, on the other hand, as we know, makes excellent starts. Always. Really, really gets that Always. car hooked up. Um, and he wasn't the only one, actually. Um, Ollie Jackson from the back of the grid also fired it off the line. Um and made up nine positions in the opening lap. Now, I understand that the drivers at the back of the grid, four of them pretty or oh, are rookies this weekend, and the other drivers aren't in as competitive cars, but are still a good effort on lap one. Yeah, I'm really disappointed he got caught up in the act, in the problems in race one, because yeah. I, I wonder what he could have done this weekend. Yeah. You know, honestly, he was excellent all weekend, had the pace. Um, Ingram was trying to make the most of his early race pace up there in second, uh, trying to attack Turkington, as yep. we said. Fairly similar conditions to the first race. Turkington struggled with tyre warm-up on the front. Ingram always looking quick, but he was never never really close enough to sling a move down the inside in that opening lap and a half. No, it's difficult to know what to do if you're Ingram, because you don't want to take your, both of you off, because you only open the doors to Camish um, yep. and Sutton then. But equally, you know that you can't afford to finish behind him again, because... 
you, you come into the weekend behind Colin the gap is only getting bigger you, you've got to find a way of getting in front of him but yeah. it's, it's a really tough one uh, the top manage had top four had managed to get a small gap on Camish in fifth uh, however that was short lived as Sutton Butcher and Ingram began to battle and then the whole top six were gradually getting back together and covered by only two seconds which is something we don't really see very often there's normally like two or three drivers that seem to escape at the front while others are battling behind Um, so it's nice to see a good cluster of them together and all the title rivals in there yeah absolutely I think Sutton was again probably frustrated with Butcher Um, every time he got near it was defending rather than I mean, I can understand. Pushing Tim, forward, but Tim Harvey made the point um, that you know, why would you trust him? Yeah, I'm not, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't trust another driver when they say, "Come on, let's go forward," and then he sticks one down the inside and uh, yeah, exactly. pushes you wide. Exactly. And from yeah. Brooks' point of view, why should you listen to a word? But uh, you know, Ash has got to say he's not a teammate. He's not a mate. In that he's way. not someone you trust either, is, no, is he? <laughs> yeah. I've got no qualm with Butcher defending Sutton. I mean. If they're perhaps from the same area, they might have been waved through, perhaps. Um, <laughs> Why would that happen? <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> um, Moffat had made excellent progress from the back of the grid on the opening laps, making up eight positions as well. Mm-hmm. Him and Jackson seemed to be working through the field quite quickly, and the, the pace in both of those cars was inevitable, really. Um, however, that was short-lived, as it seems that possibly the problems from race one had reappeared, because on lap four, Moffat was back into the pits. He could really have had a podium this weekend. Oh, he? he could have had an excellent weekend, couldn't he? He could have just like a race win with the pace he was showing. Yeah, quite possibly. It's yeah. reverse grid and stuff. Well, even if he stayed mm. in the pack race one and worked his way forward, I mean, who knows? Yeah. But it, it, it's frustrating because this is the best Moffat has looked knocking aside yeah. all season and most of last season as well, yeah. apart from that ridiculous race at Silverstone. Turkington um, <laughs> um, was starting to gap the drivers... Um, behind him and starting to get a little bit of a lead and on lap six he set the fastest lap of the race and sort of like pushed out that gap to second to about a second um which considering how close they were in the early stages of the race it was uh, fairly comfortable again my my question comes with ingram you've got butcher who's behind him who was far much much faster would have probably caught colin and the way butcher has been driving this weekend again who knows so I don't want to repeat the the, the, the conversation <laughs> about race one, but yeah. it comes to mind again here. You know, you you're not going to catch Colin, especially as Butcher isn't really in the title fight at but this if, point. But if he is, he's got to finish in front of Colin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why yeah. not? I know, I know, it's aiming to let him through, but why would you? All all Tom ended up doing was being a freight train, holding everybody else up. Yep. And this would then cause problems later on in the race. Yeah, it would. Um, so like for the next the middle middle to end part of the race like four or five laps where not actually much happened they were they were pretty much line line astern at the front and yeah there were people maybe having a little look or getting into the back of the person in front of them by mistiming their braking um but it was actually coming on to the penultimate lap when jack goff sort of like had the most action of the race really um dropped a rear wheel on the exit of Richie's and speared across the track um sideways into the barrier. A fairly hefty impact as well. Yeah, uh, I would admit after his dry, complete dry error just got got it locked and dropped on a, a as you say, a really muddy patch, just yeah. swapped the car around. Uh, and then smacked into the the barrier at a fair pace. Uh, good to see him out the car. 
relatively yeah. quickly. Yeah, he was out of the car, up and walking. Um, looked like he was all good, um, but that would be another, another big repair job for the team. Hard boys. I can't, be- can't even think about how many repair jobs they've had to oh, do on a race weekend between races this year. Have they had a single race without an incident? Genuine question. Everybody knows. Let me know. Yeah. Um, so that brought the safety car out. And we were questioning because there was only one lap left. Would the would the race end under the safety car, or would laps be added on, and then and then we'd have a shootout? And that is what happened. We had a one lap shootout at yeah. the end of the race once the t- um, safety car came in, and uh, the fireworks of the weekend had started a little bit early for bonfire night, but they have started. And um, going down into Wilson Hairpin Montreal, whatever you want to call it. Butcher got uh, punchy, shall we say. I mean, cut and paste the same chat from race one, but remove Hill and put in the word butcher. Butcher, yeah. Again. This was this was a fairly more substantial hit, though. Yeah. So he, he's got right into the back of Ingram, sent Ingram probably two, three car lengths deep into the corner. Ingram and is incredibly lucky. Has caused significant damage to the front of his car. Yeah. Um, and yes, as you say, Ingram is very lucky. He manages to hold second. Butcher says that he held back as not take second off of him, and consequently Sutton got passed. I have no idea how Ingram escaped broken toe link or broken suspension or puncture or alignment <laughs> or issues. Or even like body rubbing on the tyre yeah. or, or something. Yeah, he was um, lucky. He was very lucky. Now you did mention that, how amazing the drop was by Colin. Oh yeah, super job. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sorry. We um, we we bash on him a reasonable amount, but yeah, he really did, and it was great to have the onboard uh, footage of this. Just look in the mirror, look what, in the mirror, look in the mirror. Gone. It watching was, it live was yeah. excellent. He was constantly flicking between all his mirrors and still weaving at the same time, and then he went really early as well. But he gapped so quick. He was he was probably just coming into Corum, and he had he'd gone. He'd got what five six car lengths going up up the uh, pit straight. Yeah. Um, Camish was um, trying to trying to make up some time here, um, and was right on the back of Butcher, trying to make the most of the lack of momentum that Butcher had from that incident. And we thought, oh, Camish is going to go down the inside into Agostini, I think. And he got alongside out of there, and then coming into Hamilton, he actually he had the yield, which I think was the right decision. Otherwise, yes. that could have ended up in something much bigger. Um. And yeah, it was Butcher had managed to salvage his race at that point and managed to get the momentum back and would go on to finish uh, in fourth. Yep. Um, coming through the final corner, Camish though would miss out. He was still trying to attack Butcher um, and Hill managed to get a much better drive out that final corner and drag him up to the line in the older car. That's again, we spoke about it in race one with the driving past on a straight that would concern me at Dynamo so I know you can get a better run out of the corner but the old shaped Civic a heavier Civic mm. out dragging yep. to the line should be a fairly simple victory for Camish on paper yeah should be but whether he's missed a gear or I mean I know compromised himself on the angle of the corner or whatever yeah. but yeah but it just didn't click for um, 
dynamics this weekend. No, it certainly didn't. Uh, meanwhile, Bordley had dropped all the way down to 24th on that lap. Um, it wasn't clear as to why. Another weekend of what could have been. Yeah, and there was a fairly major incident on the final lap, right at the back of the grid, um, where Paul Rivette had managed to run wide coming through Hamilton and got a... Yeah, Hamilton in the corner, got a proper swapper on, yeah. managed to collect it up somehow, but coming back onto the circuit, still catching the car, he's pushed Hamilton, the driver, off onto the grass, and knowing how wet that grass is this weekend, there was no chance he was going to stop before, oh, no, no, before no. collecting that barrier. And again, you know, Hamilton gets a fair amount of stick sometimes, but nothing he can do on this one. Absolutely just, nothing. At the risk of sounding Tim Harvey, a passenger. Yeah, he was. Just nothing you can do when you got on that wet grass. No. Um, so that is pretty much how they finished. Turkington had managed to gap them all on the restart and took the victory fairly comprehensively. Ingram managed to hold on to that second position even after the contact, and Sutton made the most of that situation getting past Butcher. Uh, Hill finished fifth. Um, as we said, dragged past Camish. Cook had managed to make a little bit of progress to finish seventh. Uh, Jackson has done amazingly from the back of the grid. From yeah. what he started about twenty first to get out to eighth. Roundabout there, yeah. Yeah, uh, a fantastic effort from him, and that car was looking rapid. Uh, Morgan finished ninth, smiling tenth. Uh, Oliphant and Neil twelfth and. Uh, sorry, 11th and 12th were looking really bang average this weekend, yeah. both of them. Yeah. Um, followed by Proctor, Crees, and Osborne. Scored a point. Great. Yeah, well, I, I think he'll take kudos from that. But yeah, shall we get on to race three? The, yes. the, the best race of the weekend. Depends who you like. Yeah, yeah. Race two. Well, Colin pulled out uh, ball number 10, which put fellow Northern Irishman Chris Smiley on pole. Uh, this gave Chris the Coincidence? Ch- <laughs> <laughs> this gave uh, Chris the chance to take the maiden win for the Hyundai. It's something they've still not managed to do um, going into this race of only four four races remaining. No, although I think they have done very well this year. Oh, yeah. Brand new car, yeah, having taken two second positions. Yeah, one third, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. But of course, if they get a win, it'd be even even more sweet. Yeah. Uh, but there'll be plenty of cars just behind who would have a, a, a something to say about this, particularly Adam Morgan and Ollie Jackson, who have been strong all weekend and mm. would have fancied their chances. Yeah. Um, for Camish, Ingram, and Sutton, it was a chance to reduce deficit. The, the first time in the weekend, they were starting in front of Colin Turkington, um, who had just locked out the day with oh, weekend for this. Yeah. Um, and they knew that they'd have to try and finish in front to cut the deficit going into the final round. Taken full points up and full points up until yeah. that race. Uh, not Fu- quite. He had. Didn't England get fastest lap in race two? No, he had that in race three. So he had pole position and he had two fastest laps and wow. two race wins. Wow, fair enough. Fair enough. It's amazing. Uh, remarkably, Hart had fixed Goff's car, but unfortunately, mm. Nick wasn't able to take the grid. I mean, that might have been car, might have been driver injury. You don't know because it was a big impact head on. It could have been. The, the Maybe the amount of parts that Team Hard have actually got left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't quite clear to why that wasn't able to take the start. No. Uh, lights out for the last time at Dusky Snetterton. An absolute monster start by Morgan and Jackson. Corp Smiley napping on the line. Yeah. Um, they're going to first, second, respectively. Smiley dropped down to fourth mm. before the first corner. He did. 
I think he hit reverse rather than forward. Yeah, yeah, it was um, slightly representative of the uh, Thompson being on pole at mm. Alton earlier in the season, but not quite that bad. Jackson then pulled out one of the moves of the season, I think. Awesome move, Fantastic wasn't it? Move. Just hung it on the outside for three or four corners. Yeah, and so he got the inside line. So it was the outside of Agostini, um, the hairpin on the infield. He'd gone round the outside at Hamilton, and then he was on the inside for the right-hander, trailing out onto the um, Bentley straight. And it was an awesome move. I didn't think he'd managed to pull it off. I thought Morgan was going to push him wide, but credit to him. He gave him in just enough racing room. Yeah, but it's not a respect on Jackson. It's not the kind of move you expect to see him pull, no, is it? I no, mean, you, not know, so. you see Ingram do it or Sutton do it, you go, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's yeah. what they're about. Yeah. But just stunning. Yeah. And he's proven all year he can race Ollie Jackson. Confidence is growing, mm. which is so important in this in this game. And, you know, all things being equal, there's no way he doesn't get a seat there next year. All oh, things yeah, being yeah, equal, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, superb way to take the lead for Ollie Jackson. Uh, Kamish launched a move on Cook. Kamish really got his elbows out in this one. and I think he realised that he had lost big time to Colin and yeah, had to do something. He knew he needed to make up points, as did uh, Ingram. And starting ahead of Turkington, I think he realised that this was the race to try and capitalise on that. Yeah, although it didn't really work out that well. Cook ended up damaged. Ingram got tapped again, lost a bit of time and actually fell behind Colin Turkington. Yeah, which wasn't great for him. Out front, Jackson had checked out from Morgan and was starting to pull out a nice gap. Uh, Hill shuffled Ingram down a place, showing he's still able to race amongst the best, mm-hmm. uh, even with a little bit of weight still on the car. Um, um, in the only couple of laps, Moffat had made up 10 places from the back of the grid. Ridiculous, isn't it? I think Ash had given him the secret formula. From I, I wonder if they swapped cars this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> or Ash has just gone, right, what you need to do is yeah. you tap, here's the cheat code for the Infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Osborne had a moment and ends up on the side of the road, bonnet up, grass in the engine bay. Uh, he had actually managed to skid on muddy ground, hit a divot. Um, unlucky, but sums up the season for him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, he'd run wide coming out of oh, Palmer's, I think, and got well out wide. I don't think anyone else was really near him or had tapped him out wide. No, no, he's really on his own. He, I wonder if that is a thing of doing the track walk. These are the things that you have to look at. And you maybe have to look at what, the the ground is like just past the exit curbs. Yeah. Because he really didn't seem to realise there was that dip there that completely like ripped his splitter apart and popped the bonnet up. But again, you know, lots of drivers have ran wide this weekend across all the disciplines yeah. and haven't had such no. massive no, consequences. No, no, no. So it is a bit unlucky, but it's not the first time so that this has happened to Sam this year, which no. I think that's the problem. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Uh, Butcher took Smiley, fairly easy pass, and was looking to see if he could catch up to the podium places. Uh, Motor's base boys looking very, very fast. Uh, it was going to be a question: Could Butcher catch Jackson? And what would happen if he did? Well, the, yeah, he was he was really hunting him down once he got past Smiley, and, and Smiley was left as the the cork in the bottle, as it were, for the rest of the drivers around. Um, but the way that Butcher closed up on the front two quite easily as well. Yeah. Uh, behind Sutton was looking up to make places and was soon on the back of Smiley Butcher has his fairly aggressive style as it is these days and started to muscle his way through with Morgan, the pair made contact albeit nothing major but it, it checked both their momentum if you like to yep. allow Jackson to just creep away a little bit more up front yep. I don't know if Butcher is vengeful is the wrong word or has got a bit of a bonnet about some of the 
uh, attention he's received from other cars this year, but he just seems more aggressive than I've seen him this this weekend. Yeah, rubbing, pushing. I mean, in race two, there was a lots of nudges in the back of Ingram for the were. big nudge. Here, big nudge on Adam Morgan. Yeah, whether he feels aggrieved, I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know why. I can understand if you feel aggrieved towards one specific driver and you've had an incident with them over the course of the season, but to take it possibly be taking it out on other drivers um, it doesn't quite it sit right or is it just red mist not quite but just so fired up to try and yeah, yeah. put right what's gone wrong Yeah, but, but possibly too late yeah I'd, I'd agree I'd agree um, what else happened uh, Jelly and Borgley <laughs> came together uh, both one series took a jump across the grass that was mad wasn't it uh, Borgley seemed to be in the wrong from the brief replay we got it wasn't particularly clear but seemed to try and get down a gap that wasn't necessarily there and set them both into a slide yeah he seemed to get a, a little bit of an overlap and the, the cars just like connected together um, and pulled them onto the grass as you said out front uh, Smiley was the cork in the bottle Sutton had a real difficult task getting past him um <laughs> And was quite lucky because uh, he did get past uh, Smiley only for Smiley to run him wide, which allowed Ingram to try and nip through, um, which made him three abreast. Sutton ended up in the middle of, the, of them both and then got squeezed either side by Ingram and pin- Smiley. Pincer movement, wasn't it? He was very lucky in that scenario as well that, that both Ingram and Smiley didn't completely go across the front of him because that could have ended up in a fairly hefty accident because there were a lot of cars in that short space of time as well. He's also lucky, and even them tapped his front suspension and broke yeah, yeah. a tracking arm or anything like yep. that. Um, all of this con- you know, faffing about uh, allowed Turkington to uh, to take control and get up in front of Ash and Tom uh, and got onto the rear of Chris Smiley. Um, this is where I'm a little bit <laughs> unhappy because it seemed on the replays that. Smiley brakes going onto the straight. Oh, it doesn't seem. That's exactly what happened. Okay. He's come onto the short straight in that infield section, and it looks as if he's running a little wide. And you you see the brake lights come on. You you see the onboard from Turkinson's car. The brake lights come on, and Turkinson gets that run down the inside. Now, from an outside camera, or was it Sutton's camera, that we saw halfway halfway down the straight, Smiley's braking again. And I understand that is for him to get back into line behind Turkington. He's not going to be able to make the move on him, and he wants to set back into the pack. But the way that Turkington got past him was very easy. Yeah, there's one of two things that's happened. He's either misjudged his braking zone and gone deep, had to break. That's why his looks have run wide. Yeah. Or he's let Colin through. And considering how resolutely, shall we say, he was defending from mm-hmm. Sutton and Ingram, yeah. it's a little bit odd that suddenly Colin was able to get through and then as soon as Sutton had tried to get through suddenly it was back on the defensive for Smiley yeah. um, driving the inside line of every corner yeah, yeah. I don't think he had a problem because he was breaking it, it seemed from the onboard he was breaking early into the corners but I don't know if that was to try and aid Colin or it's so difficult to know isn't it but yeah. it, it would end up with Camish getting a bit fed up shall we say um, and ended up in the back of Smiley a bit fed up yeah yeah, there, there was a, a fair amount of momentum carried by Camish through Hamilton um, and Smiley, again, seemed to break really early yeah. um, and Camish had nowhere to go and just lifted the rear of his car up and sent him sent him flying, really. Some suggestions on social media that this was um, a case of Smiley brake-checking people, which mm. I don't 
I'm not sure. I, I'd like to think that sort of stuff doesn't happen in this kind no. of elite level motorsport. No. Um, I wonder if it will come out that's why I had a problem. Yeah. All I will say is that the pass, the aforementioned pass of Turkton looks passive, shall we say, from Smiley's yeah. point of view, to then jump back on the yeah, defensive yeah, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. But, yeah, this is touring cars. Sometimes it pays to be light in the paddock, shall we say. Yeah. Um, I don't think Camish will face much retribution for this. I think that if they look at the braking data, they do see some odd patterns of braking from Smiley, then it'll become an unpredictable car in front, and what can Camish do? Be interesting to see, but then with the way the stewarding is sometimes done in the touring cars, it, some things look so clear cut and don't get yeah. punished, and other crazy tiny things do. So, yeah, that that was pretty much the end of Smiley's race, and he finished up in the barrier, unfortunately, yeah. uh, which cost more damage to the team as well. Yeah, uh, out front, Morgan had caught Exxon. Mm. He seemed to struggle a little bit in the last stage of the race. Perhaps the tyres were going off. Perhaps Morgan just nursed the tyres a little bit better. Well, Jackson was starting to tense up. Possibly a second yeah, win possibly, on the cards. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the problem for Morgan was the second he started to attack, Butcher would close in on him, and then he was having to defend himself. Yeah. <laughs> all of this was allowing Ingram to catch. It's the worst scenario for um, Morgan to be in, isn't it? Really, when you're trying to attack the driver in front, possibly go for that race win, and then you've got someone so quick like Butcher behind you. You don't know which scenario to put yourself in. No, uh, um, having Ingram having got past the rolling roadblock that mm. was Chris Smiley, um, he was able to try and close the gap and made what one point eight seconds was it in, in a lap? It's ridiculous. I think over the course of three laps, he'd made three and a half seconds, yeah. um, which was an excellent pace. And he seemed to have really looked after the tyres in the early stages, being caught up in that train. And then once he was just released, he was like a scolded cat, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Like a rat up a drain pipe. Yeah. It would end in disaster, however. So, last lap, uh, Tom had caught up to the back of Butcher and passed him with a little bit of muscle, shall we say? Well, first of all, there was some questionable tactics, shall we say, yeah, on, yeah, on, the, ben- on right. the Bentley straight. Um, and we see um, Jackson and Morgan coming down into the S's. Sort of like nose to tail. Thought, okay. As you expect. Well, yeah, as you expect. But then Butcher has dropped off probably about five or six car lengths from these two, who he was right on at the start of the lap. And taken a ridiculous weave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I don't know why, but Ingram had switched his lights on by this point. So had Butcher, and there, there was this massive weave coming down the Bentley straight, and Ingram has made up all that time on him coming into the braking zone for the S's. I just don't know what the weave is for. I can only think it's to try and put Tom off because there's no... Yeah. It's such an aggressive weave. It's yeah, not a tyre yeah. warm-up weave. No. We've seen Sutton in the race has done this mm. before. He's on a straight, suddenly broken into a quick left-right, left-right. Normally right, left. at the start of the race as well. Yeah, not yeah. on the last lap. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be odd that you're losing temperature in the tyres at that point in the race as well. Yeah. If you're losing grip, the last thing you want to do is down 120 mile an hour <laughs> plus straight is to pull a massive left-right. Left, right. Yeah. So I honestly think it was there to try and put Tom off. Mm. Which he wasn't having any of. Because he's such an experienced driver, he's seen all the tricks. But as someone said, it was almost taunting Tom. It was... I don't know, I can't describe Mm. it. And In the interview, subsequent interview with Butcher about the upcoming incident, he didn't actually explain what the weave was about. Which makes me think it was tactical, rather than... He didn't say, oh, I was losing temperature of my tyres, I was desperately struggling with them, or anything like that. So I I don't know. It's bizarre. After that incident... um, Ingram gets an excellent run coming out of the S's through bomb hole and manages to 
nuzzle his car down the down the inside through Corum. And we sort of like see this in the back of the shot while Jackson and Morgan are coming through the final corner. We're like, oh, okay. Ingram will be coming into this the final corner at Murray's ahead of Butcher. And he was, of sorts. Yeah, I mean, the move that Ingram did to get past, a little bit of rubbing, but I don't think it was anything particularly incorrect. Or... On the absolute extreme of grip. Yeah, it was a robust but yeah. fair touring car move. Yep. Um, Something that we've seen Matt Neal do countless times at that corner. Yeah. And get away with. What what came next was uh, Alla, Matt Neal and Jason Plato of years <laughs> gone by. Um, Probably at that corner as well. Oh, there was one at that corner. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a replay the other day of a... Uh, uh, it was Sutton... Sorry, not Sutton. Neal in the white yeah. Civic. Plato in the MG. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> Oh, it's just gutting, isn't it, just to watch this. I don't want to talk about it. It's just gutting, isn't it? It is. So Ingram has um, taken the most offensive line because the car was getting out of shape and he'd managed to collect it back up and he was going to sacrifice his momentum out of the corner to be ahead going into the corner. Yeah. And Butcher had had a little nudge from Ingram and that had put him off onto the grass. And with that, no grip on the grass at the moment because it's still wet. And he, the brakes, obviously, being fairly inefficient when braking on wet grass, and he has catapulted across the sausage curve and then into the rear three-quarter back wheel section of Ingram's car. I want to. I mean, we'll never be able to see the data. I want to see the brake data because it doesn't look like yeah, it brakes at all, no. does it? It yeah. doesn't look like that. And obviously, you can make a replay look as bad as you want. Look at some of the football problems you get. Yeah. But certainly on replay, it almost looked premeditated it almost looked deliberate it, 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 it looked, was racing game-esque it looked like he should have been able to collect the car up before it yeah. got to the stage of going onto the cross yeah. now obviously neither of us are professional racing drivers and these guys have been at it a long time so they know the the extremes that you can take a car to however the 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 impact and the ferocity of the hit as you say it doesn't seem like there was much braking force there at all no, I mean we'll let the stewards decide on that one at the point of recording at well, you know, nearly 9 o'clock on the Sunday there's been no announcement no. by touring cars they've investigated some other incidents which I'll cover in a moment I'll do the top 10 rundown um, top 15 rundown, sorry all I will say is the replay doesn't look great No, but obviously that's the replay we don't get to see the data in the cars and, and cons- consequently because of it both drivers went off onto the grass um, yeah. struggled to get momentum back to drag up to the line and consequently, consequently lost a handful of places, both of them. And crucially for Ingram and Butch, to a lesser extent, Turkington took third. Yeah, he really benefited from it. 60 points this weekend. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Unprecedented fifth title incoming. Yeah, um, possibly. I mean, after a, a really bad weekend at Croft, he didn't half bounce back. He did. Um, um, this is the most drive, most points that we've seen the driver take across a weekend this yeah, season. Yeah. Um, and to have a weekend like he has and finish all three races on the podium is is almost unheard of. Obviously, we've had those two two chances where people have won all three races, but it doesn't happen that often. First time this season that the driver's yeah. got yeah. Yep. on a podium on all three races. Um, it is quite remarkable. I want to give a couple of extra shout-outs, though. Um, obviously, the first big shout-out to Ollie Jackson, 
drove superbly all weekend. Fantastic. You know, he qualified really, really well. Yeah. A surprise getting in the top ten, but you know, got gets caught up in second race one. That's not his fault. No. Nope. Um, and then race two, the comeback is on. And race three, superb. Comeback is complete. Yeah. Yeah. Superb. <laughs> yeah. Superb. So massive congrats to him. A uh, big up to Moffat who made up 16 places. Although he would be penalised for. A, we said at the time it was a fairly cut and dry push to pass on Proctor, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You, you can't do. Matt, Matt Neal School of Motoring, that yeah, was. You can't push them and run them wide and then get through. And this is quite Turkish on Stephen Jelly got killed a couple of seasons ago for the race lead, but I digress. Um, so, uh, and then also to, to Geddy, who took points in his. Amazing. Yeah, you know, comeback weekend. Not racing the touring cars for a long, old time. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, amazing to see that that golf has scored points. Golf. Um, Golf, sorry, Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah, it is like uh, that. Volkswagen has scored points this weekend in the hands of the driver that we probably least expected it from. Oh, absolutely, completely least expected it. Right, so Colin leads the way into Brands. It's going to be an interesting title fight. Uh, the race result then for race three is Neston. Jackson from Morgan from Turkton, your podium places. Sutton, Butcher, Camish, Cook, Ingram, Hill, and Moffat round up your top ten. Uh, then you had Proctor, who would obviously get into the top ten at the expense of Moffat, as mentioned. Oliphant never recovered from his race one problem. Uh, Neil never got going. Crease and Geddy for your top fifteen. Yeah, it's a, a pretty exciting final race, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that now leaves us with only two title contenders. Yeah, so the gap between the top two now. Turkington is leading Ash Sutton by nine points. Nine points, yeah. Um, and then there's a. There's a hefty gap back, but I think the top the top four drivers are covered by thirty four ish points. I think. Um, yeah, so so got, yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah, you got Turkish on three hundred and nine, uh, Ash Sutton on three hundred, Camish on two eight four, and Ingram on two seven five. Um, I think it's now between Turkish and Sutton. It certainly looks that way. You They'd have it, to have hellishly bad weekends. You look at it from Camish. And a race win with Turkey and Sutton not scoring still wouldn't be enough to put you top. Now I know it set you mm. up if that's race one, mm. it sets you up nicely. But what are the what is the likelihood of Turkey and Sutton not scoring in race one yeah, and you win the race? Yeah, uh, I just don't see that. Unless they take each other out. Well, there is that possibility, <laughs> or they fighting think, for it. Or it's a, a wet, cold day. Mm. We know Sutton's good in the wet normally. Yeah, Colin's not so good. But also, you can't account for other drivers. And no. one thing that we will have to probably keep an eye out for is being on the short indie track. There's going to be people getting lapped. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. So anything can really happen. It can, although I just I think that it's just too big a gap. Yeah. You know, as much as I want or big fan of Ingram and Camish, I would love to have a new winner of the touring cars. Mm. Can't see it happening, can you? I can't. No, I know. I know you're a bit more optimistic than me, but I just don't see. From Ingram's point of view, he's got to have Camish, Turkin, and Sutton, three of the most consistent drivers, mm. not score points yeah, yeah. and win a race at least one. Yeah. And from Camish's point of view, you've got to have Sutton, Turkin, not finish. Well, Turkin has already had his crap weekend. Hmm. So, unless or, Neil wants to turn it around and Grand Hill Bend again, I just don't. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, although obviously Turkey has got to give a place back to Oliphant at some point this season, so we'll see if that... Um, and it wasn't happening this weekend, because they were nowhere near each other. No. 
I don't know. I, I think that's too big a gap, but we'll see. I think it's too two horse race now. Okay then. Uh, well, I think we should have a little look at all the drivers across the weekend and sum them up with some driver grades. Okay then, we'll start with the easiest grade of the weekend. Turkington. E. A star. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure any driver is going to have such a good weekend, probably in years to come, as he has done this weekend, especially in the position that he was possibly finding himself in the title fight. He has pulled his ace, hasn't he? Disagree. No, 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 I agree with all that. This is the best we'll see for years to come. I think we're not that far away from seeing a triple header. Fair enough. I think there's a couple of drivers now. um, If you get the cards right, there's been a couple of times this year that if the Mm. number six had come out, I think we'd have seen maybe Tom take all three. Ash came, I think, could have had all three and not kill Paddy. uh, Yeah, yeah. So I don't think we're that far away. Anyway, but no, A star for Colin Turks. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, His teammate, Oliphant. They're struggling a bit, BMW, and the teams. They're closing in, Halfords. They are slowly closing in. And performances like this by Elephant don't help. No, they don't. He was very underwhelming this weekend, and after being slightly competitive, obviously getting into that top 10 shootout, he ruined it with the the instant that he got caught up with at the first corner, and it ruined his weekend, really. Yeah, but you can't let it ruin your weekend. No, no, no. You know, you've got to fight. Look at Jackson. Didn't, didn't recover well. Compare him to Ollie Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. You know, crazy. Uh, right, uh, Dan Camish. See, the car didn't get going for me. He didn't get going. He he's probably done the best of those cars this weekend. Yeah, and that's all he could have done really. Odd. Yeah, I don't very odd. Didn't work, but yeah, not particularly fast. Disappointing no. weekend. And, and Neil Neil was even more disappointing. Um, yeah, D for him. D. Yeah. yeah. Ash Sutton. I think you're being slightly kind of an A. He he has kept in touch uh, with the weekend that Tor- Turkinson has had. Yep. He has kept in touch, and to be only nine points behind is an, an achievement, really, in my my eyes. Yeah, and I suppose if you if this is his quote worst weekend of the season, yeah. and he's he's only certainly taken. Yeah, and there's only been a sixteen point swing. I was going to say he finished what a fifth, a third, and a fourth. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's worked out pretty well if it's a bad weekend. It's only a 16 point swing. Yeah. So. And any, any other weekend, that'd be a great weekend anyway. Yeah. It's just that Colin was ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. Uh, Moffat, I'm going to go for a B because. It's what could have been for him. But it wasn't driver error. No. Yeah, it's car error. It's difficult yeah. to it's difficult to penalise the driver when the throttle six open. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, he, he would have been so quick and scored so many more points this weekend if he had stuck with him. A race two makes up 10 places and has to come back in with another problem. So, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, he would have made up what twenty six over twenty six places this weekend. Yeah, could have potentially won race three if you get the way he was going to race two, get yeah. in there or thereabouts. Yeah, definitely. If he started on the front row or front couple of rows, I think he would have probably done it. Yeah. So, uh, Rory Butcher E, just for driving standards this weekend. Yeah, it, it's the poorest. Although he has had decent enough results this weekend. It's the poorest standard of driving that I've seen from him in a long time. And a driver we expect more from. Yes. Yeah, this is not a Very driver so. we, we put down in the Andy Neat level of driving, mm. shall we say. Yeah, this is a driver we, we you know, have a lot of respect for and think he's a fairly clean, fast yeah. driver. Yeah. And even if you later believe or it later comes to fruition that there is nothing he could have done with the Tom Ingram incident, 
There are enough nibbles across the weekend. Yeah, exactly. We saw him you know, smash Ingram in race two, got very aggressive with Morgan in race three. Yep. Um, you could argue he potentially got the tactics wrong of Ash Sutton this mm. weekend. Could have worked together maybe to try and yep. progress their races. Yeah, he... Meanwhile, the other side of the garage, Bo Jackson, A. Fantastic I, I'm a star. Not quite A star. We've got to give, give him a little bit of leeway because I think he, he's only going to get better as a driver. Now he's got this this confidence and he knows how to go on and win a race. Yeah, but. In a decent car. But qualified surprisingly in the top 10. Yep. Qualified really well. Race one gets caught up in an instant. Yep. Race two, as you mentioned, in the, you know. Makes good progress up to eighth, and then wins the race. I, I think that's a star. Looking at it, not not quite yet. Okay, okay. Andy Neat D. He'll be happy not to be caught up in any instance this weekend. Didn't finish. Although a weird decision in race one, we didn't mention it. Oh yeah, he he started on the grid with wet tyres. Yeah, it wasn't. And like, it wasn't close to being a wet race. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> no. Tom Chilton E. Was he here this weekend? Oh dear, he might as well not have been. I think he could have stayed down in Surrey. I think mathematically he can't win the title now, which means that my prediction of that is over. Mine's still on. Yeah. <laughs> just. Yeah. Oh, just, let's move on. Yeah. Um, Creasy C. Good progress made in the Jack Sears trophy. Yeah. Kept his nose clean, which is an important thing. And yeah. finished all three races, which is another yeah. important thing for him, uh, ending his poor run. Uh, and Cook, easily the best of the BTC boys. Arguably the best of the FK8s. You look at what mm. progress he made. Yep, he made decent progress and was consistent throughout the weekend with a B. B for him. Ingram and A raced well the weekend, qualified really well. Two should have potentially been three podiums. Yep, should have been. Should have been three podiums. Should have been three podiums. <laughs> no. My only slight criticism would be perhaps if he had his time again, he might have changed tactic at least in one of the first two races to someone attack Colin. Yep. But it's very easy to say that in hindsight. And I know, as you mentioned, you've got to get every point you can. Yep. Goff, D, driver error. Um, yeah, you can't drop it and then slam it into the barrier. No, just not particularly inspiring weekend for Goff. No. Hamilton, a D, caught up in other people's problems, couldn't start race three. Yeah, very very much a weekend of not his own doing, which is good. Did make an overtake as well, which yeah. is always good, but just... Yeah, just he's still at the back. It's more of the same, isn't it? Yeah. Bordley, another weekend of what could have been. Caught up in a few incidents. Yeah. yeah. And the car, the car's got more in it, and we both know that because we've seen what Jelly can do with it, and it's just not, it's not coming to fruition. No, caught up in a few too many incidents. Morgan, surprise package of the weekend. B. Excellent weekend for him. Him. I didn't think the Mercedes would do too well here. Yeah, um, a track of two very long straights. Yeah, it's yeah. it's certainly done well. Yeah, absolutely. Team at Butel get into grips with the touring cars. Not spectacular, not terrible. D just yeah, not his yeah. best, not his worst weekend. Jake Hill B. I wanted an A, but you've gone for a B. Yeah, I I, I still think there's more to come from him. Yeah, he picked up um, podium this weekend, but I want to see him win a race. I want to see him properly take it on. I wonder if he's still not quite got the confidence in the car for, of race weekend over yeah. three races because I wonder if there's a thing in the back of his mind thinking when I push hard in race one is it going to last me race two Yeah, I don't know if that's there in the back of the mind possibly um, possibly so but I mean improved massively and anyway doing better than Osborne which isn't difficult but again he's a contender for my most improved driver award at the end of the year yep for the second yeah, year yeah. running yep 
annoying, isn't it, when I'm wrong? <laughs> Osborne, D, just more of the same, turgid, you know, scored a point, then makes a mistake and ruins his week, well, ruins his race, just... Yeah, it was only, his own, own fault for that um, non-finishing race three. Again, I mean, my memory is short, but has he gone through a weekend without making a mistake? Mm. I, I'm not sure that he has. It's been a little while. Uh, Stephen Jelly D Jelly Weekend Jelly Weekend Jelly yeah. Weekend move on uh, Chris Smiley C um, C for Colin see you later um, <laughs> Pace was decent come on through <laughs> yeah. Pace was decent but it was never going to trouble the front runners for both either the Hondo car so actually Proctor gets a C as well yeah. they've got good midfield pace they just need yeah, to work on which next year they have the data they just need to move it on the level next year but certainly good early signs here uh, obviously Thompson is missing, Cornell is missing, uh, Onzo Cole is missing, so we walk, move down to the new people. Uh, Ethan Hamilton, uh, see, nothing spectacular, nothing unspectacular. Yeah, didn't, solid. didn't seem to have any problems this weekend, which is encouraging. Obviously, likely to be only in for this weekend, yeah. but a decent showing, kept the car in one piece. I was about to say, crucially, for a car that's been rebuilt, kept yeah. in one piece, so that, that's yeah. crucial. Uh, Jess Hawkins, good. Yeah. Solid, solid progress. Um, twenty second, then twenty first, and twentieth, making good progress at the back where we'd expected her to be. It's always difficult when we don't, we're not live because we don't see what's going on. Because yeah, yeah. you, you can't watch everything on the telly. Yeah. But the bits where she cut two, race well from the bits we saw. Holding her own as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's always difficult. I would have liked to have perhaps focused on her in one race to see, but obviously mm. we can't. I wonder how long actually they'll. So you can bring in a fan, a cam who watch a particular driver. Sport TV coming in that might be a possibility. If you pay. Yeah. Um, Geddy B. Fantastic scoring a point in that car. Um, something that the other hard drivers didn't do this weekend. And yeah, it was excellent from him really. Yeah, I mean he's not been in the touring cars since what 2014. It's it's been a while. Certainly has. So, you know, great for him to, to get the point. I, I'm going to check now because it's going to bug me. 2018, yeah. Only race three rounds, uh, two yeah. rounds though, so properly really, 14. So. Got a point there then as well though. Yeah, nice. there's a bit of talent there. Yep. A bit of talent there. Uh, and finally, Paul Rivette, I'm going to go for D because made mistakes that you wouldn't expect from such a senior yes. racer, you know, his pedigree speaks for itself. It's all very well getting used to the car at the on this weekend and then going into the final weekend hopefully he will improve at his home circuit um, but yeah that, that mistake that he made at the end of the second race was really of his own doing and then ruined Nick Hamilton's car for it yeah exactly uh, moving on to our awards uh, I'm pretty sure we were at quite a long pod so please know we're unanimous on these this week um, driver of the day it's Colin Turkington uh, there's no debate is there stunning weekend isn't it I mean all the Jacksons Obviously, the potential of a driver of the day. Yeah. But I mean, you can't take 60 points, maximum points in two of the races, mm. take pole and get the podium and not be driver of the day. Yeah, con- considering the maximum most points you can score across a weekend is 67, and he's only seven short of that, is yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. That. Uh, villain of the day is Butcher, poor driving standards we mentioned. Yeah. Just sums itself up, really. I think the thing that annoys me most is that he's out of the championship, realistically, and he's. But he's got he's got the pace to make a difference to everyone else's championship, and he's potentially ended someone's championship yeah. today as well. Yeah. Whether by 
Crook or by crook. <laughs> yeah, whatever. The facts are, his tangle with Cameron is probably sorry. His tangle with Ingram is probably ended Ingram's title charge. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and surprise of the day could have been Jackson, but I think we were fairly happy with Morgan as we, yeah. as we wrote the car off in the preview pod. What do we know? I was going to say we we thought he would really struggle this weekend, and he's completely proved us wrong. Um, and to be up there at the sharp end in the final race, having been well inside the top ten all weekend, is uh, excellent. And surprise bad of the day. Tom Chilton. He didn't score a point all weekend. Finished 16th, 16th and 17th. Again, it's difficult because you can only see what you can see on what ITV show. I don't remember him doing an overtake this weekend. No. Just, just no, nowhere. I, once, when he lost it coming into Murray's, he was the one sideways into the Murray's at the final corner and clipped someone as well. And that was about as exciting as his weekend got. Surprising. Yeah. Surprising. It's not great. Well, I think that pretty much does us for this week. Breathe. Yeah, catch your breath. We've got three weeks effectively uh, to get through before mm. Fort- the tough decider. Fourteenth and fifteenth of November at Brands. Snow. Um, <laughs> hope not. Ice. Um, it'll be an early start there as well because we yeah. saw how quickly the the dusk rolled in tonight. Bring back night races. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be an yeah. early start at Brands Hatch. Um, and between now and then, we'll have maybe one or two, maybe three podcasts up for you. Um, just to have a look at those drivers going into the final weekend with some sort of chance of the title um, and to have a look at how the other championship standings are really um, and to see which ones are most up for grabs and uh, which ones are just about decided Indeed, so we'll speak to you very soon uh, and it all comes down to brands as it always does Alan Dow's scripting is wonderful Yeah, I know To quote Tim Harvey I was going to say, Tim Harvey mentioned that in commentary today, didn't he? He did Yeah But it's great that once again we've got a uh, the Elite British Motorsport Series coming down to last weekend It's what we want and we'll see you at brands very soon Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com.